Welcome to the Business of You podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Gogos. This podcast is dedicated to helping you uncover how to turn your big idea into big business and grow your personal brand into the business of your dreams. Each week, I'll talk to founders of all kinds of businesses, exploring how they launched and grew their companies. Behind every successful business is an epic journey, one that can serve as a roadmap to help you grow yours. The Business of You is all about frank conversations and unique business wisdom for the entrepreneur. It's a chance to tune into the story behind the brand and retrace the path of those who walked this road before you so you can pave your own road to success. Welcome to The Business of You. Today's guest is joining us live from Australia, and her name is Rachel Evans. Before her most recent venture, Rachel ran an auto repair shop. She was so successful at running this auto repair shop that she actually started to coach other auto repair shop owners. In the last few years, Rachel's made a huge pivot in her business brand and also her personal brand, and she now runs the Brave Media Network. Rachel's a dynamic speaker who inspires audiences to embrace and celebrate the bravest, boldest versions of themselves. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Business of You. Today I have with me Rachel Evans from Australia. Uh, Rachel, I know it's super early in the morning there for you, but it's so great to have you with me. How are you? Hi, Rachel. It is super early here in the morning, um, but uh, really excited to be here with you and have a chat about uh, about my journey. And your journey is a fascinating one. Just here in the our pre-chat, uh, you shared so many fascinating twists and turns your life has taken. I would love for you to start at how you began your automotive uh, auto repair coaching business such a niche, um, which was brilliant on your part, right? One of the things people struggle with most is having a really dialed in audience and your audience was extremely dialed in. So if you can share your story of how you started your company, The Workshop Whisperer, that would be great. Sure. So uh, I was previously married to uh, an automotive technician, a, a car mechanic, and uh, he decided one day that he was going to go into business for himself. And uh, that uh, business was a, a mobile business and uh, it eventually evolved into um, having a workshop. And by the time it got to being a workshop, um, he was kind of a little over uh, in over his head. And uh, that required me to basically close down the business that I was operating at the time, which was a, a fitness business for women, in order to come and help him basically do everything that wasn't actually fixing a car. So uh, I needed to look after the finances, the sales, the marketing, um, start hiring a team, etc. And um, Basically, we went from really, really struggling. Uh, we had a young family, three children that were um, all under all under twelve, and um, and a, a young baby. My third was was quite young. I had to put her in daycare when she was uh, four months old, so that I could go and uh, go and work in this uh, automotive business. And um, eventually, 
you know, we crawled out of the the financial hole that we were in uh, because of the uh, the the growth in customers, um, in repeat customers, and um, you know, we went from not having any money to pay the the supplier bills uh, to having a a seven figure business uh, in around eighteen months. And that got the attention of um, some of the sales representatives that would move around between the other um, auto repair businesses, you know, trying to sell their their different parts and uh, and oils and things like that. And uh, they started asking me, you know, what had we done that was so different to be able to carve out this seven-figure um, space inside all of these really established um competitors that were sort of all within uh, about a kilometre or um, a mile of each other. Uh, and, you know, it was really obvious that we would we were doing quite well. And they started to ask, you know, would you be able to have a chat with uh, this auto repair shop owner over here because they're really struggling as well? And um, that got me to look into the industry in terms of, um, you know, where were the coaches? Because in other industries that I'd been in, you know, there were specific coaches. There were coaches in the fitness industry for other fitness professionals. Um, So I looked around and in Australia, there were none. Um, I know that there are many in the United States and, um, you know, a couple of them I've actually come to the States to spend time with. Um, But in Australia, and New Zealand, there was no such thing. And in my fitness business, I had uh, already had experience creating an online program um, for fitness clients. So I had that skill and uh, I thought, well, all I need to do here is actually document what we did and and make note of what didn't work and, and, and share what worked. So I created uh, an eight-week online program so that I could help any auto repair shop owner anywhere and um, I had my clients into that three failed launches um, in 2014 so um, since then the the workshop whisperer has um, has grown and grown and grown and grown and grown and um, unlike Many businesses during the COVID period uh, here in Australia, our our auto repair shops were defined as essential services. So they were allowed to continue to trade. Therefore, so did we. Uh, And we, in fact, um, doubled our business over the COVID period. So um, we find, you know, ourselves very fortunate now that, um, you know, we've we've got a multi-seven-figure coaching business that supports Men who were uh, a lot like uh, my now ex-husband and um, and their wives who often come in, um, put their own career on hold uh, to try and support them to, you know, to get off Struggle Street and uh, really make a go of their business for their family. That's so fascinating that uh, even, even the impact COVID has had on the auto repair shop industry in Australia um, versus the U.S. and I'm sure other parts of the world. Mm. <clears throat> it's it's great to talk to business owners who actually experienced growth um, in that period of time outside of Jeff Bezos mm. and some other <laughs> superstars, <Yes>. right? <laughs> yes. 
Well, so in the past um, in the past year or so, you've started another company as well, right? Called Brave Media Network. I have. Um, I I've over the last five years. Um, you know, I've been separated and divorced and remarried, and uh, through that time. Uh, I've really been able to step in uh, to a different version of myself, a, a higher version of myself. And with that came uh, a real calling to um, to speak to women uh, about, about bravery and about how some of the things we do as women every single day uh, indeed brave uh, despite what society wants us to believe which is that bravery is just about you know doing heroic things on the battlefield or uh, pulling someone out of a flood or a fire um, I've been through it myself I know how brave uh, you need to be in order to you know make a decision to end a marriage even though you've got you know young children uh, to get divorced to start again uh, to pursue your business when uh, it's either just an idea or it's a side hustle, um, there's a lot of bravery involved. And I really felt like um, women's uh, stories of bravery weren't being told and need to be told so that more women will, in fact, uh, get to follow their true path instead of waiting until their children are grown or um, uh, until it looks like it might be a good time for the family uh, for them to step into themselves. How can you share how you're you're juggling running two businesses that are both really labor intensive? It sounds like <laughs> yes. Well, with uh, with my auto coaching business, I've always been very very mindful. It was drummed into me by a coach um, in the very early days uh, that she who chases two rabbits catches none. So. I've been very mindful um, to wait until the Workshop Whisperer was actually in a position where it didn't require me to wear all the hats before uh, I started working in an area of passion for me and, you know, effectively carving another business out of that. As an entrepreneur and um, and being in many different entrepreneur communities, you know, I see uh, lots of um, lots of people who might um, have bright, shiny object artists, you know, and they might start a company here on this, and then they're working on this, and then that, and they don't actually progress um, in any one of them in you know any meaningful way. Certainly not financially. So I waited until we had uh, a solid team structure in place. Um, we now have a general manager who runs the team on a daily basis so that I'm sat there on the uh, organisational chart as CEO and visionary. And um, But the day-to-day, -day, correct, yeah. Um, but the day-to-day -day running of the, of the business is, um, is done by, by our amazing general manager. And that allows me uh, the time to... Um, focus on uh, Brave Media Network and, and speaking as myself, as the real Rachel, uh, which is my personal brand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The, the, the real <clears throat> Rachel makes me smile when I noticed your domain. Um, and, I, and I think your story actually around why you created that brand um, is also something really interesting. I know a common challenge people face when launching a business is do they name it after themselves or do they create a business brand name and, you know, build up the business name? 
And in your first business, right, you you built up your personal brand, but you had a different last name because you were married to a different person. If you um, can you share some of your, you know, your the unbranding transition you went through from having not only a different last name, but also working in a very different industry than the one that you're working in now. If you can share some of the, the steps that you took and the process, but even strategically, you know, what has been going on for you in the last year or so as you've created this new brand? Well, I think um, with the Workshop Whisperer, uh, and initially when I launched it, it was the Workshop Whisperer and uh, I pushed the company out in front and what the company do. And then a coach I was working with at the time was like, no, 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 you have to be out in front. You know, the market has to see you and uh, see the person behind the company. So I really pushed then my own name um, with the name The Workshop Whisperer to the point where the market uh, started to believe that I was the solution rather than the programs that we offered being the solution. And that uh, became a problem when um, when I separated from my ex-husband um, and knew that, you know, we were getting divorced and um, I didn't want that last name anymore. Um, you know, so my name was right out there in front, um, you know, Rachel Sheldrick, the workshop whisperer. And that was the first thing that that spurred the uh, decision to uh, to separate the two for me to reclaim my name and leave the company name out in front. Then, as I uh, started to uh, understand that you know I really wanted to not just talk to men in the automotive industry for uh, my the rest of my time as a uh, an entrepreneur and a business owner. Um, so. We actually strategically uh, came up with a plan over about two years to what we call de-brand me uh, from the business. And that has um, been a, a case of, you know, pushing uh, the fact that we have a team to support our clients. It's not just me. They're my methods. Uh, it's my IP. It came out of my head. Uh, but it's actually our programs and our, our team are supporting those programs that, that is the solution. So, you know, we've had me step back from being um, the face of every single thing we put out. Um, we have, um, you know, pushed other uh, elements of the team forward and we actually spent 18 months. We literally just finished last week with the launch um, of our online, our new online university we worked with an IP expert so that we could really extract every drop of goodness out of my head uh, and um, put it into what we teach so that it doesn't matter if I'm there or not um, to, to really eliminate all of that key person risk from me. And we've so we've been able to push the Workshop Whisperer uh, out front and, um, and that's working. The market um, is accepting that, that the program is the solution. And that's allowed me to kind of step back um, and re-emerge as, as me, as, as Rachel, and claim this spot with my voice so that I can speak on any topic I choose and uh, it doesn't have to be automotive related and it's like a breath of fresh air. I can tell you after just speaking in this one space, um, you know, predominantly to men for 10 years, um, 
and that's, um, you know, the real Rachel will always be my voice. It's not something uh, that's going to be sold and um, it's even separate from Brave Media Network so that um, I can step in and out of there and, and, and speak as my voice if I want to or the company uh, can be out in front um, like we do for the Workshop Whisperer. So um, it has really been a strategic decision um, to have it all happen that way. Mm-hmm. How is the real Rachel different or how will you maintain the clarity of the two lanes between the real Rachel and Brave Media Network? Uh, Brave Media Network uh, is something so much bigger than me. It's um, it's commentary, it's um, it's bravery advising, it's sharing the stories of, um, of women from all around the world. Uh, it's it's not me up front. There's got um, you know many different contributors, and um, it's just my vision uh, that is bringing it to life. Mm-hmm. And how uh, this is more of a tactical question, but given that the real Rachel dot com is the domain that goes to Brave Media Network now, do you plan to kind of split that and have a different domain name for Brave Media Network? Absolutely. It's in fact, okay. it's almost ready uh, to launch as its own thing. So um, very much as a uh, omni-channel um, media website. Okay, exciting. And will you keep the real Rachel then pointed to this to Brave Media? And uh, no, it will it will stand it will stand alone. Uh, okay. It will it will definitely reference it, um, but it will uh, stand alone uh, so that. Um, as I've said, I, I get to keep my voice this time and, um, and you know, have really learnt the lesson um, of the past. And I don't think it's a mistake going and hustling uh, in the beginning to, um, to have yourself out in front. You know, there's, there's got to be that charismatic leader uh, to draw people in um, into your world. Uh, but I definitely don't regret the process that we've been through for the last two years, um, you know, especially given... The Workshop Whisperer is under management uh, and doing well. And, um, you know, it's allowed me to turn my attention uh, in this other direction. Um, and, you know, there's there's that place to step into as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it was a brilliant move on your part, you know, 10 years ago to be the face and the name of the Workshop Whisperer because you're probably were not many female voices um, doing what you were doing, if any at all. So just what a great way to differentiate right out of the gate there. Yeah, it's definitely disruptive and um, and um, still disrupting, uh, you know, just by drawing yeah. breath in this industry, um, uh, in, in the auto space, I'm right. disruptive. Mm. Yeah. Well, um, in the bravery space, if that's really a space yet, though, I think Brene Brown has done a lot for for us to make it a defined space. But um, how are you finding, I, I know this is more of a global movement, but how are you finding your way to thought leadership um, within that world, within that industry, coming out of the one that you were in? Is it more through your personal journey or have you done uh, think, some additional? Mm-hmm. I think it starts with my personal journey and um, very much, um, you know, writing uh, and speaking about um, how I arrived in the space to begin with. 
Um, and, you know, I, I arrived at a crossroads um, that I call the, the crossroads um, where motherhood and ambition collide. And, um, and I think a lot of women uh, arrive there but don't actually recognise what's going on. Um, you know, you, you've, you know that you've got ambition, there's things that you want to achieve and you, you yearn, you desire um, to move in that direction, but then you've got uh, children and family um, on the opposite side of, of the uh, intersection and you, you can stand there for the longest time not knowing what's the right way, um, what does society want me to do, uh, what does my, um, my husband or partner want me to do, what does my family expect. And um, it's my journey into thought leadership in this space, I, I really think, uh, comes from there. And, um, and I would 100% agree with you. I think the work that Brene Brown has done um, in vulnerability and shame uh, and even um, the, the things that she's said about bravery, it's actually created a space for us to even have this conversation um, because I don't think really before. Um, um, you know, she emerged um, as as the internet has um, has grown up. That we even knew we could have these conversations publicly. So um, it, it's very much about uh, writing from my experience, writing from my heart, and that so far has really connected um, with a lot of women who when I interviewed them, just didn't understand that some of those things, the decisions that are born out of, you know, when you are standing at that intersection yourself, the decisions that are born from that um, are actually incredibly brave um, and they're stories that other women need to hear. Mm -hmm. what, what do you think, Rachel, was within yourself that helped you get clarity five years ago to kind of, you know, to take a, a turn in your in your life journey and to decide to you know separate from your husband from your ex-husband what helped you take that brave step what was it um I think recognition um of what fear actually means uh for me so I've always been that even as a little girl um the one that will go first or put my hand up first or be the one to say the thing that might have been on other people's minds but other people didn't say it and uh, that at times has like literally left me standing alone but um, that's always been the way for me and um, I recognised as I came into adulthood that if, if I was scared of something it was actually usually the way uh, it was pointing the way for me to proceed. So I have this little saying that, um, you know, that I've carried with me for a number of years in that um, fear means go to me. So um, recognising that um, that my first marriage wasn't going to be a, a lifelong thing, you know, that's obviously a very scary proposition, uh, but there was such an amount of fear with leaving, but on the other side of that, um, I'm also have, you know, very strong um, futuristic strengths. Uh, um, you know, Clif Clifton strengths, futuristic is my, um, my number two strength. Achiever is number one, which is also very helpful. Um, 
but uh, you know, I see things, I see everything, and I then um, reverse engineer what needs to be done in order to get there. So I could see beyond uh, separation, I could see beyond divorce, and I could see the success that uh, my business would enjoy, um, the life that my children and I could have together uh, beyond all of this. So I, I think, you know, to summarise, it's it's my relationship with fear. It's actually a healthy one. And uh, and the fact that I have vision and uh, and I trust that vision um, coupled with my intuition. It sounds like you have the traits of just being a serial entrepreneur, quite honestly, of um, having that vision and then the follow through of implementing it. And it, it, it's rare to, uh, to so deeply welcome fear, right, and not get paralyzed by it, right? For you, it just sounds like it's the, the road sign, like you said, that tells you to go, to go, period, and then which direction to go in. That's right. And, and fear, um, and this, you know, forms part of what I talk about uh, with bravery. There's no courage without fear. Courage does not arrive if you are not scared. So if, if there was no fear, we wouldn't feel that, uh, you know, nausea in the pit of our stomach. We wouldn't feel butterflies. Uh, we wouldn't have what we call here in Australia goosebumps. I'm not sure if that's uh, the same thing in the same phrase in the US. None of those things would happen to alert us to the fact that we're actually um, in a situation where we might need to summon courage and we need to make a decision. That's that's what fear is is uh, indicating, and bravery is actually determined after the fact. Um, it's something we reflect on and, and we go, oh yeah, actually that was really brave or she was really brave or I was really brave. You don't determine that in the moment. It's actually fear and courage um, and making a decision uh, that propel you forward um, and, you know, can um, in in the sense of, you know, where you've got time to make decisions. I'm not talking about when you're in a life-threatening situation. All of that happens in the blink of an eye. Um, but you've often often got more time when it's a decision about your life or a big decision that you're making in business that's scary. Um, but my my own personal view is that if if you feel fear, uh, don't turn around and run the other way. That's not what it's trying to tell you. It's actually saying, hey, yes, this is scary, but it's probably the way we need to go. Um, risk might be involved, but there's usually amazing reward on the other side of that. Right. What gave you the inspiration for Brave Media Network? I mean, I, I find it so interesting that you, again, were in this very different world. I mean, did you just wake up one day in the middle of your own evolution and think, gosh, I need to, to you know, create a platform for other women to share their stories and inspire others? Or what was it? I think it was a combination of that, of there's no place um, that... Uh, I I felt that these stories were being told in this way, that that was part of it. But also because of uh, what I'd experienced um, in my previous marriage and what I felt society expected of me um, as a woman and as a mother, um, I felt like my voice had been suppressed for the longest time. I even... In the, uh, in the coaching space for the Workshop Whisperer, I was saying what the market needed to hear 
um, most of the time, like, you know, what they needed to hear in order to uh, trust our brand so that we could um, welcome them into our community and help them with the things that they needed help with. But that, uh, in a lot of cases, wasn't the message that was right down deep inside of me. And um, I'd been putting that to the side for years while I was operating in um, this masculine dominant energy to get my business built and up and running and um, and become financially successful. That was suppressing my feminine uh, energy and um, this voice that wanted to talk about all of these things that I experienced myself and I could see. And I have a very, um, I'm very sensitive to um, injustice of all kinds. And when um, I feel like someone's being really wronged or, or something is really wrong, I'm, I'm really sensitive to that and I want to talk about it. And I didn't feel like um, the, the things surrounding um, uh, the end of my marriage and, uh, and what I was seeing other women going through were being talked about in a way um, that was going to help other women who might find themselves in the same situation. So I think in the first instance, um, I wanted to let women um, like me know that they weren't the only one and then it has grown from there. Uh, once I realised that even just the smallest things I was writing and publishing on my own personal Facebook profile um, were getting comments that were seemingly giving other women permission to, um, you know, take their own brave steps. Mm-hmm. Was, was was that your next step then, or or a better question is what was your next step and what was what was your first step in starting the Brave Media Network? Was it kind of putting content out on Facebook pages? Yeah, okay. it really was. I just started writing. Mm-hmm. I, I just started writing, and um, I've you know been blessed to. Um, have been started working with an agency um, that really helps me sort of uh, narrow down what um, what our focus is and um, and organizes all of the wonderful women for me to interview um, helps me get my articles published but really supports me to sit in the space um, and the the comfort and the knowledge that, what I'm writing about and what I'm talking about, um, other women are hearing and needing and um, and moving forward from there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You'd mentioned earlier that women often struggle with their ambition and raising children. How for you, how did you how did you decide? how to move forward and how to essentially design your day-to-day life to also show up as the mother that you want to be? I think I, I made a decision um, and I, I call this my Empire State moment. Um, I was standing on top of the Empire State Building like so many do, um, just in awe of the, uh, of the view and it was my 40th birthday, so it was the 11th of January uh, 2017. And um, and I just decided that my kids would be okay uh, to see me succeed in business 
And in order to do that, I needed to um, start prioritising differently. And did that mean that I was not going to be there for my children anymore? Absolutely not. But I, um, you know, at the time I was married to a man who grew up in a very different family than I did. He had a very different model of what uh, parenthood and motherhood look like. And um, and I came from a home where my mum did work full-time, so uh, she wasn't, um, you know, expected to be chained to the kitchen sink and I certainly didn't want that for myself. But I had it had been suggested to me that I should just leave earning money to my husband and I should just look after the home. And even when my um, my kids were babies, I was not the um, stay-at-home mum. My brain is um, just continually came up with new ideas for businesses or, you know, new books. Um, I've, I've published three books in the automotive space. Um, it's, it's, you know, I... I applaud women um, who who do make that decision to be stay-at-home mums and um, and and thrive in that space. But I think all women should be supported to have the choice of whether or not that's for them. And you know, we're not our grandmothers or our great grandmothers, and there are so many uh, additional pressures uh, on us. And um, you know, some of us have to go out into the workplace and earn an income. And some of us really desire to do that. And I'm one of those people um, to create something out of nothing and to grow it and uh, and see where it goes. And that's what I really wanted. But I was being held back from that. And, um, you know, I was being told that that my kids uh, needed their mother at home and needed to, um, you know, be dropped off to school and picked up from school. And I needed to be the one putting dinner on the table and I needed to be the one doing the washing. And I just knew innately that that was just not true. Um, and, you know, I have two daughters uh, and a son um, from um, my, my first relationship and uh, I now have uh, three stepchildren as well, two more sons and a daughter. And the best thing, especially for my daughters to see, was me um, making my way in the world and not having to wait until they were adults uh, in order to experience my own version of success. So it was very much a decision that day on my 40th birthday um, on top of the Empire State Building that, hey, I'm drawing a line in the sand here and I'm going to move forward the way like my intuition is screaming at me now um, I should be doing. And if my ex-husband didn't agree with that or didn't want to come on that journey with me, then we would, um, you know, have to part ways eventually. And that's what, that's exactly what happened. Um, he, he did not want to um, be in a world with me where um, I may have outshone him um, was, was the actual issue. So, um, but you know, as anyone that has been separated and divorced knows, um, it's a horrible, horrible time. But um, beautiful things come from it, and I'm able to um, show all of um, our children that um, there is a place in the world for mums with ambition, um, where amazing contributors, um, not just to our families but to society, 
And the fact is well-resourced women um, can change the world and um, we can't help anyone if we're poor um, is, is really how I think about it. We've really got the potential to, to help and impact many, many, many uh, women and, and men even um, if we're able to pursue our ambition and see it through. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think the more charged up we are and excited we are about what we're doing, the, the more people we can impact by it. Rachel, what's the best way for people to learn more about you and the Brave Media Movement and, uh, and potentially work with you? You can absolutely, and, uh, and I really encourage you to connect with me on social media. So on Instagram and Facebook, I'm uh, at the real Rachel Evans. Uh, you can come and see what I'm working on at the moment um, by visiting uh, therealrachel.com and uh, bravemedianetwork.com will uh, will soon be out on its own as well. Awesome, Rachel. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Pleasure, Rachel. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Business of You. If you found a little dose of inspiration or learned something new, please leave a review and share it with a friend or even two. Interested in building your brand and business? Tune in next time to the Business of You podcast. And remember, there's only one you. You're the biggest differentiator your business has. Until next time, friends.